we developed a computer model. The computer model has individuals behaving according to certain rules. They interact. They choose mates. And then we also have diseases spreading the population, sexually transmitted infections like gonorrhea, chlamydia. And then we watched what happened as the computer simulation unfolded. Right, so you've got a notional population in your computer. Some of these people get infected with a sexually transmitted infection, and this can ripple through the population much as it would in the modern era. So how do you then superimpose whether or not people are monogamous, they have one partner that we'll assume here they're faithful to, versus a polygamous group? We have two types of individuals in the population, polygamists and then we have monogamists. Uh, And then among the monogamists, we have those who punish polygamists and those who don't. Monogamists obviously only take one wife, polygamists take more. And the punishing monogamists will also pay a cost to punish the polygamists. And We simulate what happens to disease levels in two scenarios. One scenario where we have a small group, which might correspond to hunter-gatherers, maybe 20, 30 individuals. And the other scenario is the large group scenario of perhaps 300 individuals corresponding to early agriculturalists. And over what sort of time scale does the model run? How many generations? It runs over thousands of years. So we're looking at a very gradual process of cultural evolution, And we have to wait for the conditions to be just right for monogamy to take root. And when you run the model, what does it do? What trends emerge? What we observe is repeated bouts of infectious disease outbreaks. And these outbreaks for the sexually transmitted infections can cause individuals to become infertile. And they have fewer children, obviously. And individuals, when they become come of age in the model, they choose their strategy according to what appears to be most successful. So an individual coming of age chooses either polygyny or monogamy, or they can also be a punishing monogamist, depending on who else is in the group and how successful they are with their strategies. So for example, if monogamy is, seems very successful and monogamists are having lots of offspring, then they copy that. But of course, your offspring depends upon your fertility, and that depends upon the disease spread in the population. Right. And does this account for what we observe today, that people who are living in big groups, big populations sustained by modern agriculture versus hunter-gatherers, they're more likely to become monogamous? Yes, that's the pattern we see in the model. Um, in small groups, the STIs are, are not able to persist because there are chance events that cause the disease to die off. And so in small groups of hunter-gatherers, polygyny remains as the dominant strategy. In larger groups, however, we have diseases that are able to persist in the population over long periods. And in those conditions, because of the different ways that disease affects polygamists and monogamists, we see that monogamists and especially socially imposed monogamy is more successful in the larger groups. Is there not a maybe simpler explanation, which could be that if a, um, a man has a single partner, there's a limit to how many children he can father with one woman? And therefore, there's a limit to how many mouths he may ultimately have to feed and sustain, which will ultimately lead to more success of of those children born that way, because they'll be better nourished, better looked after. Could that not be a a more powerful driving force when you get to the situation of big populations competing with each other in in a densely packed city compared with a few diseases? Well, there's no question that other factors uh, such as those come into play. And our paper was not trying to identify, you know, the mechanism or or the cause of socially imposed monogamy. Uh, We're suggesting one mechanism that 
might be operating in parallel with others. In the particular example that you mentioned, this would explain the behavior of monogamy, but it wouldn't explain why we impose it on others instead of just practicing it ourselves and, and letting others you know, live as, as they wish. To understand why it's being opposed, we're invoking this, this argument about these sexually transmitted infections, which, which affect everybody in the population, not just the polygenists. Do you think that this might also explain why some of these ancient populations embraced circumcision of men? Because that also has a, a major impact on your disease risk. It reduces the risk, as far as we can tell, of pretty much all of these sexually transmitted infections. So do you think that might explain why that became a popularly practised procedure? That certainly seems plausible. I think that's another great example of how norms can be shaped by uh, the natural dynamics of our environment, in this, in this case, infection transmission. That, that's certainly possible, yes.